The O'Keefe Challenge is a point-to-point event held between Bendigo and Heathcote, located in central Victoria. Moose has run it, I've run it, and Croaks wishes he's run it. Follow the historic O'Keefe Rail Trail as it weaves its way through bushland, open fields, farms, and past Lake Epilock. There's a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a marathon on offer on Sunday, the 1st of May. Enter now at theokeefe.com.au. episode number 225 of the Inside Rain Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you this week. A lot of results to go through. All our usual segments uh, be zoning in, Skyping in down to Tasmania to hear from Richard Welsh about the Hobart Run the Bridge, which is coming up this week, to give a bit of a preview of that. Training talk segment, listener question segment, it's all happening. Uh, welcome to this week's show. My co-host, Dan Anglesey, Julian Spence. How are you going? Pretty good. Thank you, new, mate. New microphone tonight as well, haven't you? Yeah, I was in I was in JB the other day and I was literally just standing around waiting for something and I was just leaning up against the counter with microphones. I'm like, oh, shit, I probably should get one of these considering we do podcasting every week and uh, it's shiny. I'm not sure if you'll notice a difference. It might sort of smoothed me out a little bit. Oh, yeah, you sound good. And you have had a microphone in the past. Don't pretend you have. we've done 200-plus episodes with no mic, but it broke, and now you've got a new one. Yeah, the other one's here. I can't get them confused. I've got to get rid of it. Yeah, chuck um, it in the bin. Yeah, yeah. Hey, last time I heard your voice, you are on SEN, Big Dog Radio Station with Kane Corns. Oh, yeah, well, one week ago. Cornsy loves his running. Just thought he'd get the... Um, the highest profile runner in the country on for a little chat on mainstream media, mainstream media, radio. He's good anyway. for sport corns, isn't nah, he? he is. That's what I said to him. I said, kudos, you bring it to the mainstream and um, you make us, like he gets a lot of shit. I love listening to them make fun of him as a runner, like how thin he is and uh, how crazy he is running like around the lake and how often he runs. It's pretty funny because that's kind of what happens to us if we go to like a social setting with our mates who don't run mm. you just you just got shit the whole time for being super skinny and and wasting your time running were you nervous doing it like that must have went out to a, a million wouldn't it how many listeners would he have Five hundred thousand. i wouldn't think it's a million no nah, he was filling in for jared waitley i think that was i don't think it was oh maybe it was i don't know but um no like he was just asking me questions so i find if someone's asking you questions 
you don't get nervous, but if you have to deliver like something yourself without any prompting, and it, that's when you get a bit more nervous. Hey Moose, how much did it cost Surf Coast Track Club to um, get on the show and plug the plug the camp? That's what I thought it was for. Yeah, so just I a, had the end there. Just a bunk for Cornsy in the um in the group like the the shared living room. We'll put a put a <laughs> give him a bunk, give him a meat pie, and and that's uh, that's him good. He's happy. Exactly. Yeah, I did like that. I did like the inside running plugs early on. Cornsy was good there. I'm like, oh, this is good. And then it got onto the South Coast Track Club. And I'm like, how many radio shows is this guy going to appear on plugging this thing? <laughs> I haven't even, um, I didn't even butter him up for that. That was out of the blue. That was, yeah. That's that good was, from him. We will put yeah. the link in the show notes if you want to go and listen to uh, Moose on the mainstream radio station. But also, seven or eight minutes. Speaking about that training camp. Did you see the video that went up just before I'm about an hour ago? Videos. Every time I open up Instagram, I say a video. Of the this was drone on. footage of some of the tracks you might run on. Hey, Brady, I reckon if the camp was popular and people were signing up, you wouldn't have to plug it anymore. Yeah, oh, mate, they're signing up. We're <laughs> nearly filling out. You, I'm, if you don't get your email in quick, then you might miss out. You might have to go do a, some camp like, I don't know, East Melbourne somewhere. Where, uh, How where many spots have you got? Oh, they're limited, the spots. <laughs> <laughs> They've been limited for the last three weeks. Spots feeling fast, not many left for a month now. I uh, just don't want people to miss out. It would true. just be devastating. Welcome to you, Croaks. How are you going up there in Canberra? Uh, going well, Brady. I Yeah, I'm feeling like, well, my body, I reckon, is the best it's been since 2018. Um, I feel like I've, yeah, like I feel like I've turned the corner from, like, I'm, I'm not fit, but I definitely feel the like i've turned the corner in terms of how i feel when i'm running and as i said my body's been as good as you know as i can remember in the last few years so running's been enjoyable bit of positivity around this is good do you want to take us through your week because i feel like we're nearly all in the same spot we've all had a bit Mm. of a rough last couple weeks and now we're just starting to start to turn turn a page yeah yeah all years (laughs) motivation's high some some good things happening Yes. So Monday I didn't run because I came off the sickness the weekend before. So I thought I'll just give it another day because I wasn't, I still, my appetite wasn't great on the Monday. Um, So then got out on Tuesday morning. So I decided I wasn't going to go and do a session with the group Tuesday afternoon. So I just went for a run um, just in an hour at Mulligan's, 4.31s. Yes, that was Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, pretty much another hour, um, 4.23s. And then Thursday, um, they've been doing, they've got the heavy machinery in Mulligans at the moment, fixing up all the trails. So they're re- really like, in, well, I wouldn't say they're in great nick right now because, you know, when the heavy machinery comes in, sometimes it leaves a bit of uh, a bit of a sandy sort of top to it. Um, but I reckon once that sort of compacts and we get a little bit of rain, um, the trails are going to be as good as they've probably ever been. So that was exciting. Um, saw my first snake of the, of the summer. Um, yeah, it was a black black snake I normally see um brown ones out there but, but this was a black one hang on um, so moose talks with last week and asks us if we've seen a snake this season me and you yeah. both say no mm. tuesday you see a snake my tuesday also saw a snake oh this was thursday for me oh but yeah what sort of snake it was a black one mine was yeah, a dead was brown a... snake oh you saw a dead snake yeah Mine was alive. Dead ones still scare the shit out of me. What, what, what colour was its um, tummy? Oh, I didn't see that. So when I was I was approaching it, so I was about 100 metres away. I'm like, oh, 
what's that across the trail? Is that like a stick or whatever? And then as I got closer, it sort of just went off into the bushes and I could still, I could basically just see the top of it and it was, yeah, just black. Mm. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's probably a red belly. Um, yeah. What other black snakes are there? Well, funny you should say this because Blake is the snake expert. He was quick to correct, um, someone else the other day when they posted a snake red red belly black snakes they're very black like the like very dark black but yeah there's a lighter black copperhead with a sort of orangey type belly yeah no this was pretty black like this is yeah real real dark so both of those will kill you too won't they moose i reckon they're oh, both red, bad red, yeah red bellies right red bellies aren't too bad um brown brown snakes are bad though which like they're the most popular ones i see in mulligans generally always a brown snake Mm. They kill you uh, quick as well too, don't they? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Uh, I've always thought about that. I'm like, shit, what would I do? Because often I'm out there, like, and especially because it's you know 29 degrees. I'm not wearing a top, so I don't have a lot to sort of um, use as a compression bandage. Um, and then it's like that whole: do you just sit and wait, or do you try and just like walk? Um, nah, to if, if you got your phone on you, you ring Brett Coleman, and he'll tell yeah, you exactly what to do. I don't, I don't run with my phone. <laughs> How do you get the music then? uh garmin. garmin oh you used one of them yeah garmin music watch mm. so anyway that was um just 10 and a half k four seventeens, uh and i was feeling feeling good like even the heat wasn't bothering me and like the biggest issue i've had the last few years is i've got myself like physiologically fit but i've always just had these like muscle imbalances where like the message from my brain to my muscles it, there's just been this disconnect and for the first time for ages, I'm actually running and I'm just like, like my back's not tight and I feel like I'm my hips are high and I'm tall and it's just completely different. And so although I'm not fit, it's like I'm enjoying running way more than I was when I was fit. Um, so anyway, that was Thursday, Friday. Uh, I did a session in the morning on the treadmill before I took Lily to swim lessons um so i did five by six minutes off a minute rest um i did four the week before uh i just dialed back the pace on the treadmill a little bit this week so i just i did the first four reps at 16 and a half k an hour which is high 330s per k and then the last rep um pumped it up to 17k which is closer to 330s and like it was an enjoyable session they're all in that sort of comfortably hard where the heart rate got into like low to mid 160s, um, you know, during the rep. And then, uh, you know, within the minute rest, it would sort of drop back down to, to 130, 140. Um, but I got I got off that session feeling like I'd put in a decent amount of effort, but wasn't, uh, yeah, like just wasn't spent, you know. So that sort of comfortably hard zone. Um, and then, yeah, Saturday, back out to Mulligans. No surprise there. I listened to the long and the short of it. Uh, so it was another really good episode. Race of the week was the 2016 Olympic 1500 metre final for men. Um, so the real tactical one that Centro won in 350. Uh, yeah, so that was an hour or actually 14, just over 14K at 425s. Um, and I was feeling I was feeling so good and, and really enjoying my running that that afternoon I just jumped on the treadmill, set it to 12K an hour, which is supposedly five-minute Ks, put the heart rate strap on. It was average like low 130s uh and then sunday uh i wasn't sure i wanted to do somewhere between 90 minutes and an hour 45 so in the last 10 weeks i've done one run 
longer than 70 minutes and that was two weeks ago i did 90 and then the, the weekend after that i got six so i didn't do a long run um and so i ended up doing an hour 45 uh at yeah 416 average uh felt pretty good like definitely by the end of it like i, I didn't feel physically tired and, and this is probably the other thing about how my body feels now like before i was feeling completely gassed really early in runs because i was just so inefficient whereas this run like even i'm not that fit like energy wise i was good the whole run um and like finished the run still full of full of running so um yeah 24.6k in the hour 45 and that got me like bang on 100k which is the well that was my longest run and my biggest week since the like 5th of december so what's that that's like two and yeah nearly two and a half months so um yeah body's feeling good motivation's pretty high um yeah just in time next week to smash out 32k at 357 no well actually remember a couple of weeks ago i said that i was going to like i'd been thinking about what i wanted to do i want to do a little bit of an experiment for the next few months um and i'll let you boys know what it is it's so it's uh i guess an abbreviated sort of ingebrigtsen style sort of training so and i spoke to christian about this uh, probably like a month ago um just as i was sort of thought, all right, I'm almost ready to start sort of doing some sessions again. And so what I was thinking of doing was five sessions over the space of two weeks. So one session, so every Tuesday, I would alternate between 1K reps and say 400s off 30 seconds recovery. Then my second session for the week would alternate between that sort of uh, five to, you know, five, six minute reps off a minute um and then the other session i might just do like a bit of a longer tempo or a progression run or something like that but then every second week i thought on the saturday i would do a short hill session um and so build that up to doing two sets of you know they, i know they do like two sets of 10 but like i won't do that to start with like i might just do 10 200 meter hills to start with but slowly build the volume of those sessions up now when it comes to the intensity the six minute reps would be around like 60 minute to half marathon like effort or pace like depending on what sort of shape i'm in the three minute reps would be somewhere between 10k and probably like 10 mile race pace or like you know 45 minute 50 minute sort of race pace the 400s anywhere between like probably trying to average somewhere around like 7k race pace so somewhere between 5 and 10k and obviously the hills would just be like solid efforts um yeah and then in between it would just be basically hour runs sundays would be an hour 45 to two hours like nothing super super quick um and i just wanted to to try that for like a couple of months and just see how fit i get off that because in terms of intensity other than the hills hill reps like that that's those sessions aren't that hard that doesn't sound like revolutionary type stuff. I mean, you're doing 1K reps basically at at 10K pace or a bit slower. Slower, That's, slower. Yeah, I think yeah. it's more. Yeah, I think it's more the intensity. I, I think most people train a lot harder than that. Yeah, know? yeah. The structure of the sessions is similar with less intensity. That's how I'm reading it. Yeah, because you think yeah. like when we often talk, you know, oh, you're going to a 30-minute tempo and it's somewhere around like 60-minute sort of race pace or effort. Now, that's that's a hell of a lot harder than doing 
five by six minutes at the same sort of pace off a minute recovery. Yes. Um, and, and as I said, I'd, I'd probably alternate doing that one week with like a bit of a longer tempo, but I'd probably slow the pace down for that. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious to see how it goes doing it for a couple of months. Um, what I need to do though, is probably just go down to park run and do just a solid 5k just to actually see, oh, you know, go. what, what sort of, well, what sort of shape I'm in yeah, so, so I can, can actually work, out, work zones. out the zones. Yeah. But, so, but I don't think what you're doing is, it's not like, I think the biggest change is not butchering yourself in the workouts. So when you come away from this, like, you, you and, and you have a good result and you feel better and you're more consistent, you're like, oh, it's the lower cons- it's the lower intensity that's been the benefit. It's not like the structuring of those sessions as a some some type of revolutionary like um, formula. Exactly, is, is the it, key. It, yeah, hundred percent. So I'm basically just copying the sessions that those guys do. But the biggest change is like the intensity of sessions and not and and finishing them knowing i could do probably half to the full session again yeah um which you know i I think it's a good experiment just to see and look i don't think that i flog myself in sessions generally anyway but i this would be even easier than what i would normally do so i'm I'm just curious and i think having the the um podcast is, is a good platform to just you know do a bit of an experiment and see how fit you can get and if i do get pretty fit then maybe people can realize that they don't actually have to train that hard. Um, yeah, I know I know it's not Ingebrigtsen training because they do like double session days. I'm, I'm definitely not doing that. And um, like, I don't, I don't even think I would get to the point where I do three sessions a week. I think I just do the heel session every, every second week. Yeah, it's good. I like it. And I think, I mean, I've always thought running in general will get you fitter. The sessions are just something to stop us getting too bored mm-hmm. and, 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 Oh, it's going to be more consistent for you. Like in what's held you back from running well injuries, right? And, and if we like for me, intensity brings on more injuries than jogging. So yeah. it makes a lot of sense as we age to, to bring our intensity and in workouts down. Mm. And I think there's like, I guess the, the one issue might be like, you just get sick of doing the same stuff, but I think there's enough variety there that, you know, you alternate, once you know the, the tuesday session alternates every two weeks um you do the six minute session every second week and then you have i have freedom on that second week to do you know a, a straight tempo or a progression run or you know that's probably the one session that i just mix up depending on how i feel i could do a, a bit of a fart like out at mulligans or something um but anyway we'll um yes i'm going to start pretty much from this week and see how we go so those long runs, though, they, they do their long runs fairly swiftly. Yeah, they do. And they don't do – they only do, like, what, 80 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's one thing I'm not going to do because I, I personally feel like there's benefit for me in doing an hour 45 to two hours um, most weeks. And given that the sessions probably won't bang me up that much – I don't have an issue doing one hour, 45 to two hours. And, you know, ideally I'll start doing them with a few more people and the pace will be a bit like slower. Like 4.16s was probably a bit too quick for current fitness. Um, but when I when my fitness improves, like I'd like to probably just keep it at, at about that 4.16s when I'm fit. Yeah. And it'll be interesting as you progress in fitness to keep the ego in check for those mm. workouts because you'll be you'll be tempted to to yeah. go oh gee i feel good uh, i reckon i could roll a few here but this and, is where but this is where you guys like i've said this now on air and so you guys have to keep me accountable and oh, we um, will 
<laughs> and what I'll what I'll do though is like maybe once a month or so go and do like a park like if I feel like I'm significantly fitter than what I was you know at my previous benchmark then I'll go and do one just to see what sort of fitness I'm in now so um yeah maybe in a couple of weeks I'll do a park run and then I'll keep this going and maybe look at doing um like Sydney 10 so like the first weekend in May um you know because that's sort of what eight weeks away nine weeks away so that's sort of a pretty good period to see how fit I've got over that yeah Right, that's me done. Like this it could be a tr- bit of trouble for Stoli and Moose if he continues this. This is the smartest oh, thing mate. he's said in five years. Uh, the ego's coming back soon. <laughs> Once he gets in that little diagony gr- of the feet, come along, challenge him up a couple of hills. All of a sudden, that intensity is that's going off the Richter. We'll see. We'll see. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. <laughs> hey, uh, so can you call Christian your coach now? Um, no, no, but I did. I, we did so have a bit of a chat. helped you out with a bit of this stuff. Yeah, mm. well, well, give him well, some credit. Sensei. Yeah. It was more about trying to work out okay, what are the intensities? So, for like roughly, you know, three millimole for six minute reps, he reckons it was around half marathon um, pace. And then he reckons for the three minute reps, it's around three to four seconds a K faster than that, which does sort of put that into the 45 minute, like about 10, 10 mile race pace. Um, and then he reckons that for the 400s, guys like like Ingebrigtsen's and that, you know, they'll run those closer to 5K. Um, but he reckons for us it's better off, you know, starting a bit slower and being more like in that 10K to 7K race pace and then maybe work down to sort of 5K towards the end of the session. I reckon um, I reckon you could you could get one of those lactate pros that I got. I could. I'm just, yeah. So, like, that would be obviously the – yeah, I just don't know whether I want to go to that length. Like, you know, I think close enough close enough's good enough. And, you know, you get a fair idea. Like, that session I did on the treadmill on Friday, it's like, yeah, look, it, this is about what, what I could hold for probably an hour. Yeah, so you sort of know. Mm. But as you said, Moose, it's about, you know, generally deep down you know, it's just that the ego takes hold. Because there's nothing sexy about it. You just go string those weeks together and you'll be real strong. Do that yeah, for six weeks. Yeah, and that's the thing. And injury-free, the, hopefully. The, the key to these, the key to that their program and their sessions is it's the volume. Like, they get through quite a lot of volume because the intensity is not high. So, like, you know, the K reps, I might actually, you know, slowly increase it from six to eight to get to ten. Um, and it's more about the volume that you get through as opposed to actually running the reps faster. Mm. Oh, yeah, Moose, what have you been doing? Uh, down week for me this week. So one run a day only. That was my down week. I wanted to do that to just let this little Achilles thing come good, and it did. Uh, so I, yeah, I got a little bit more rest. Monday, Watto came down from Ballarat. Did a fresh test with him on the treddy. So I jogged six k warm up with him, and then six k cool down. So got got an hour in that way, or close enough to an hour. And then that afternoon, got on the cross trainer. Tuesday morning, um, before I head to Ballarat, went out and did a kind of a hilly bush loop out the, behind the, the old coal mine. Um, that was nice. It'd be, it's getting a bit uh, darker in the mornings now, so 6.30. You leave the house, it's pretty, pretty much dark, really. So you'll be needing headlamps soon, soon enough ran a workout the next morning, ran a moose fartlek. So just after we 
chatted the other day about it. Thought I'd go and do one in Vic Park, and Toby joined me. Toby's a fair bit fitter than I am, so uh, I was a bit worried about how this would all happen. He was very respectful, though. Stayed with me for three to four reps, and I gave him a warning beforehand: don't be half stepping me on this. Like I'd rather you ten meters up the road than half foot in front of me the whole time. So he was good. He hung back and then dropped me in the last couple of reps. But this was actually a pretty good workout for me based on the previous couple of weeks. So I ran three minutes. Uh, my three-minute intervals were 310, three-minute, 315, 301, 303. And this is through the park where GPS is a little funky. So that's why they're kind of all over the shop. And then the one-minute reps. Um, oh, yeah, I messed that up. I messed that way up. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they all are pretty fast and fast for what I thought. One of them was two forty nine pace, boys. How about that downhill? It's dodgy in there. Yeah, it's pretty dodgy. Uh, but it got it through it and ended up averaging like three twenty eight for half an hour. I'd, I'd probably have to go back and check what other others I've done here. I I just jogged the uh, recoveries. You could tell Toby was a bit antsy. He was starting to half-step me on the recoveries, which is a sign that you're you're going okay when you don't have to slow it down much between intervals. I can see where he left you because you're like running sort of four thirties for the re- for the recoveries, and then when he left you, he's gone to like five sixteen <laughs> per k. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off, Toby. I'm going to actually recover. <laughs> uh, we had a group the next day, so I stayed up Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Organised a bit of a group to run out in the bush from the water towers. Uh, we had like five or six of us or something. Um, so a bit kind of sort of slow because we we're on the trails and it was dark initially. So um, just an hour, hour eight. And then the next morning back in, um, back on the surf coast, I did a, a, a threshold, broke a broken threshold. So 12 minutes. 10 minute, eight minutes, six minutes with two minute jogs between. And I went and did it on this loop called the Port Reef Norton's Loop where it's in a farming area just out of town. Um, Dirt roads, I I really didn't consider how corrugated they would be, but they were terrible. So trying to land when they're so corrugated, it's just, especially with alpha flies on, your shoe doesn't even fit in between the corrugations and it's so soft that yeah, not a good call. Um, they were they were a little better on the other, like on the on the top side of the loop. But uh, this was a good workout too. So this was probably the best one I've had coming back, and it wasn't even fast or anything. But it was I just felt really comfortable the entire way. So the first um, twelve minutes was three twenty two, and then the next one was quite hilly, three twenty nine. And then I went downhill, 321s, and then um, uphill, 317s. But my heart rate was really in check on these. And Allie was on the bike with me, so she, like, it's good to have company. I was making sure that I could I could talk to her. That was a, That was kind of a sign that I wanted to stay in control on each rep. So if I couldn't hold a conversation with her during the rep, I was going too hard. Um, but yeah, I felt really confident after this because I thought that's that's not too bad. 12k, 331s, um, and the heart rate was good data. 
So just jogged the next day. Um, we started the run and met uh, Tony, runs for Collingwood. Don't know whether you've met Tony. Do you know Tony Brady? Older mm. fella. Runs with the midday milers. Probably anyway. if I've seen him. AV yeah. kind of guy. A big AV guy. Do you know uh, last name? Just I, I didn't even... <laughs> I called him Paul, actually, the entire run until the very end when I left and I said, oh, thanks for the run, Paul. And he goes, oh, Tony, it's Tony. <laughs> 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 and I uh, oh, fuck. I actually knew his name was Tony for some reason in my head it was Paul. We had a good loop, though. Um, just chilled out on the run. So he, he's coming back. He's not that fit, so it slowed me down, which was actually really nice. And then uh, Sunday got out Surf Coast Track Club. I did two hours, which was 27.58. Still give it a bit on this run. I know it was only 421s, but we had, we had some serious hills towards the end, this Bimbadine loop, very kind of hilly uh, section of, of track. I mean, there was, a, there was a few hills early, but then once we started to get a little cooked, we went over this Bimbadine loop and... They're short and sharp and real steep. So my heart rate was 149 average for the, the loop, which is starting to get into like just into that zone two or whatever you call it, whatever. No, however outside, you... of gray, outside of zone two, isn't it? Uh, there's different, different people have different definitions of what zones they are. So this is oh, the okay. zone sort of, this is the zone harder than recovery yeah. below threshold. Yeah. Not the zone you want to be in for a long run. Well, I don't. No, so I actually, what? I actually don't mind that zone for a long run. Like I'm all right with it. I, th I think, I, I've seen a lot of success come from guys that and and girls that that spend time in that zone on long runs. I feel like it's a real strength builder. And I think if you're recovering properly, then mm. I'm all right with it. And is this the same moves? Is this the same moves that bloody ripped me to shreds for friggin' years? It's just, it depends on how he's going at the moment, Croaks. If he's doing you it, it's okay. Croaks, you were running three sessions a week back then. You had niggles, you complained. I was only doing two. I was only doing two. Uh, anyway. I ever, I've only ever been doing two sessions a week since we've done this podcast. I'll decide, anyway. I'll decide what's smarter, <laughs> Andy. So, yeah, 115 for the week and ready to come back up again. Come back up. Good. Good. Yep. I like that. I'll go through my week quickly. I did 60 minutes on Monday at 4.43 pace. We're still struggling Monday with all the stuff I was whinging about last night, uh, last week, sorry, but I started to turn a page Tuesday. So I uh, got out for the workout. I think both of you guys have been talking about similar workouts to this, the five-minute reps um, at threshold. So I did five by five minutes off 90 seconds jog. Um, just kind of similar to what you're saying, kind of like, under training not over training like usually in the past i might do these at you know 306 308 310 but i kind of averaged 313 pace and the heart rate didn't really get much higher than like 155 160 um and it felt good felt smooth saw that dead snake that i was telling you about did it solo archie had a different workout so kind of just um could stay in my own kind of fitness level and yeah i was pretty happy with the way this one panned out and the pace and the the uh, heart rate, which was good. So I got that done in the morning, then got out for 30 minutes after school um, on the Tuesday. So um, that was pretty hot, 37. That's a bit hot, fellas, 37 degrees. And was just, um, yeah, looking at the heart rate, making sure it was pretty pretty low and just letting that um, heart rate dictate how fast I was running there. 
on Wednesday. Got out for 60 minutes to listen to the Inside Jogging podcast. Josh Lunn, he was meant to do Seville mm. on the weekend. So he kind of, um, it's a bit, it's, I guess what people yeah do with us, you kind of listen and you kind of invest time in listening to these people train towards marathons. And when it's race week and it's looking like you're not going to make the start line, and he kind of left us on the edge of the seat, kind of went off the episode saying he wasn't sure if he was going to uh, race or not. So, um, yeah. He made some bad calls, though, didn't he? Didn't he make some bad decisions? Yeah. Yeah. You mean like with overtraining and stuff a few weeks out? Oh, mate. Always packing on 20% on every run. Like, oh, we'll go a bit longer today. Oh, I was supposed to do 10 miles, but I did... 13 instead and then does workouts too quick um yeah Aaron always pulls him up on it a lot though too Aaron, so I think but you know his coach clousy soft cop <laughs> just pussy of a coach i'm blaming clousy for this calf or achilles or whatever it is clousy needs to pull him in the line to show a bit of like just a bit of a firm hand there just a whipping in you reckon a bit of control in his life josh he just gets away with whatever he wants i'm, I'm it's on clousy <laughs> Needs a bit of discipline. So, uh, yeah, listen to that. And it just goes back to that, you know, the importance of getting to the start line, which is, you know, it's a massive problem in marathons when mm. people sign up for it, especially kind of at our kind of sub-elite, elite level as well. Like, people push the envelope and don't make it. Um, it's pretty common, isn't it? Like, people So know, common. Yeah. So common. And it's, it's a bit greedy at times. It's like a feeling of invincibility around people. Um, you could just you could see it. I mean, Josh is the example, and like I've been telling him the whole time, you're, you're making some bad decisions here. Uh, he kept making them though, and even like ten days out, when he's recapping his week, he said, "Oh, I had to stop on the second rep or whatever because of my my Achilles pulled up a bit sore." Next day, six mile jog. Oh, I was supposed to do eight, but I only did six because it got sore. Like you are eight days out from a marathon or something. Don't run. Like, you don't need to go run 10K today. You need to get that thing right because what's going to stop you from running the marathon? Not running 10K, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, give it a spell. Like, get yourself right and then pushing workouts back. Don't do the workout. That workout is gone now. Forget the workout. Get your body right for the day. And uh, I was listening, like, going, right, like, you, come on, mate. <laughs> anyway, Josh, yeah. if you want a new coach, it sounds like Moose is more than happy to give you some more. <sighs> Some, uh, well, he's got no respect for himself. He's got no respect for his body. Got no respect for Clousy. <laughs> All right. If you want to know what I'm talking about here, just go back and listen to it yourself, and you'll be able to, uh, yeah, play along. Send those fuckers an invoice too for this chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the afternoon on Wednesday, got out for 30 minutes. This was like my favourite run of the week. Actually, it wasn't until like 7:15 p.m. Uh, but I was covering the ground well. My like legs were turning over good. None of that stiffness anymore. None of that hamstring like niggle from the skate park the week before. None of that stuff. Had Dr. Dre like playlist just playing on shuffle. Jeez, he's got some hits that guy. Um, oh yeah. And then and then I ran through. We got these. Uh, we got a set of traffic lights being set up in Moama, fellas. But tradies have been working on it for months. It's for the new bridge that's going over the Murray River. And um, they finally turned them on. So I noticed when I was running that the traffic lights are on. And I was like, shit, they finally got these traffic lights going, which is pretty cool. Because that's the first set of traffic lights we've got in a Ch- or in Moama. Chuka's got three sets, but we finally got our first pair. So uh, big news for the for the town. And um, yeah, it was just the highlight of my run. Just a combination of three good factors there. 
So that was exciting Wednesday night. Thursday, you got out for 80 minutes, longer the short of it, 4.30 pace. So you notice my pace is just getting a bit quicker than what it was the last couple of weeks. Friday, did um, 10 by 2 minutes at CV effort, I'm calling this. So like that 3.03, 3.05 kind of pace. And similar to Tuesday, just kind of slowing things down a bit um, instead of like flogging myself, just kind of just taking 3 or 4 seconds per K off some of my workouts did that off a minute jog, um, so that was a good way to spend 30 minutes, and then got out for 30 minutes in the afternoon, 70 minutes on Saturday, and then Sunday morning with Glenn, did an hour and 55 minutes, it was like 27 and a half K, um, 412 average, that was nice to be ticking along at that pace, and 138 beats per minute average, so that was my biggest run since Melbourne Marathon, and my biggest week since Melbourne Marathon which was 136k so yeah similar what you're banging on about four croaks like nothing sexy in there but i reckon if i can do three weeks like that because i'm already pretty fit it was just that mechanically i wasn't covering the ground well what you were kind of talking about similar stuff um like my heart rate data and all that's good i just need to string three weeks together but i'm also aware that i'll probably get covid soon which is going to smack me for a week so I wish you just I... resign to it. Yeah, well, if you haven't got it yet, you're going to get it soon. Especially working in schools, like we got people. Um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty. You know, I think we had six teachers today out, um, and then yeah. Jeez. So yeah, if it's not, so, yeah, it's a matter of when, not if. I think so, which will probably come at bad time and just when I'm getting going again. But anyway, that's okay. Just what we're dealing with, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you don't want to get it. I know you're going to get it, but you don't want to get it. Mm. At least I'm triple vaccinated. I had my booster the other day. Did I tell you guys that as well? I think I got it last Sunday. So, um, And I was fine. Nothing like at all that affected my running. So that was good. That is good. Can't complain there. So, um, what do you have? What was your combo again? I was Pfizer for the booster, and then I got two AstraZeneca's for the, um, yeah, for my first and second shot. Yep. So that was good. Um, let's thank some Patreon supporters, hey? Ready for this? I'm going to go for first this week. I've got uh, Neil Bath, who's actually having his celebrating his 60th birthday on the 26th of Feb. So that's coming up pretty soon. He is an avid Inside Running podcast listener and has inspired quite a few of his mates up in Queensland to become Patreon supporters. I like this fella so that they can discuss the episode on their Tuesday night speed session. So nice. they get to listen to Neil. it early. I think, it, I think he was training with guys and he's like, hey, don't wait for the Wednesday release. Get on Patreon so we can talk about Tuesday. Um, check out these PBs. So remember, 60th birthday coming up next week. 5K, which he just said a couple of months ago, 16.50. Um, he's also ran at 39.29 recently, 118 for the half marathon and 2.52 for the marathon. Is a real man of the people up there. Often pace, paces uh, people going for like PB attempts up there and recently celebrated his 350th park run and was the, oh, yeah, how's that? And was the co-founder <laughs> of the Rocks Riverside Park Run and its first run director and it's one of the largest park runs in Brisbane now. Um, he's also good company on a long run and he shares some serious observations about running or complaining about his companions. I believe, this is from one of his mates, he believes he would be most like Moose in temperament. So it sounds uh, like a great fella. Oh, oh, he's a real man, like a good person, isn't he, going by that? And I do want to show you guys something. Him and his, well, his running buddies 
have um, this bingo card that they play. It's co- it's called Bath Bingo, and they obviously you know tick one thing thing off when they when they run with him if he mentions things like this. So one of them comments on the weather. Another one says how busy he is. Another one <laughs> mentions a recent or upcoming shoe purchase. Um, another one is disagrees about when to turn around on a run. Another one mentions someone's lack of Strava feed. Another one complains about selfies. Um, so I really think who's this, who's this reminder of Croaks? Yeah, oh, big moose. I'm just thinking about our Sundays. I'm like, oh, I, this sounds like an actually a fun game because we do a lot of re- repetitive stuff. On yeah, our yeah. So they've set this whole game up for him, and then they, uh, yeah, they play it when they jog with him. So does he know so, about the game? I'm not sure if he knows about the game, but they've got a full on like bingo card and stuff. I'm actually just sending it to you guys now, so you can actually see how legit it is. Like it's got a coloured heading, and um, yeah, <laughs> have a look in our message group right now. It's uh, pretty cool what they. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he knows about it, but yeah, I thought that was very funny, and uh, <laughs> obviously a pretty cool running culture up there in Brisbane. Uh, that's Very great good. I love it happy birthday it. Neil and thanks for your support of the Inside Running Podcast and yeah happy running up there with all the things that are coming up yeah good Crokes, on you, Neil. who you got uh, I've got Meg this week there's no address and no last name for Meg I'm sure she does have a last name but we just don't know what it is uh, you guys got you guys know Meg who's a runner who would like hearing us oh Probably not hearing us. I know Meg that are, that runs, but yeah, she wouldn't mm. listen to us. Yeah, I don't think I know any Megs. Mm. I don't think. You reckon maybe an ultra run of Brady? Well, I just put well her email address was there, and I tried to like siphon the name out of it to try and make some sense out of her email address, and then maybe an American ultra runner has a similar kind of name. But yeah, okay. there's a lot of anonymous Patreon supporters, people that sign up under like real, like they leave no name or just like, yeah, want to keep a low profile. I don't so, mind that though. Like, like they're, that, the, yeah. they're, the true, they're the true fans, I suppose, in a way. Like they just want to chip in and help us out chip and um, don't want the don't want the accolades of getting a mention on, on air. <laughs> so we just Maybe try they to make just, it up. They probably just want to listen to uh, Jess Stenson over there on that podcast. Yeah, possibly. Jess is good over there, isn't she? Louis's yeah, getting man. better too. Looks good, of course, but uh, Louis coming out of his skin. Had a good dig at you last week, Moose. So oh, that was gold. It wasn't yeah. a good dig. It Taking was actually just, it wasn't funny at all. I liked I mean, it. Was, Cracks, no, you, I liked it. There was yeah, not a joke involved. I don't you're giving him shit about, you know, he reckons that he talks about college, which he hardly <laughs> ever did, and so did then he ripped you about your it. college. <laughs> anyway, I didn't think it, I, I didn't think it was funny, but that's just because <laughs> it's about you. That's why. Who, who are you thanking, Moose? Uh, I've got Philip Tickle from Tuwong. Tuwong is in Queensland. He's Philip has a PB three k ten forty one. That was last week, actually. So Philip is in red hot form. Five k eighteen forty two. Ten k thirty nine twenty eight. Half marathon one twenty eight. Melbourne Marathon, 3.28. So got some work to do on the marathon. Um, runs with in training in Queensland, so we know them, white and red, and seems to be very social runner going by the photos. What does that mean? Like takes a lot of selfies? He just had a group, yeah, a lot of group selfies up, and every photo there was just different people in them. Oh, like so this, this, so do you reckon Neil, get, Neil gets stuck into Philip a lot? 
or Philip and Neil. Philip may be very good mates with Neil. That's so. what I'm talking about, you know. Maybe, he, yeah. He doesn't not like a fan of all the pictures. Yeah. Maybe that's it. So, and Philip recently purchased some merch off us as well. So a big thank you, Philip, for purchasing uh, a Nike inside running singlet. Nike Aero Swift. Sorry for the technical uh, details I was like hey, there. People got it like top of the range singlet. Philip's getting looked after it. It's a good singlet. Uh, thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you like what we do at the Inside Rain podcast, you can sign up. There's three different levels over there. Hopefully, if this show brings you value, you can uh, yeah chip in to help us out. Uh, that is Patreon thanks. Let's go to running news. Tasmanian champs, although they're first fellas, the 5K down there. Uh, Bailey Merzeki Hinks. So this is a name that used to come up a bit on the road to nowhere. I remember they used to Nick Earl used to talk about him all the time. He got the win, 14-18, PB down there. And I think they talk about him as like the guy who used to be like third or fourth, but he's come out and he's beaten Sam Clifford, who ran 14-22, and he's beaten Nick Earl, who ran 14-33. And then uh, Josh Harris was in fourth in 14-38, so good to see Josh Harris back in shape as well. But um, a very big win for Bailey down there to take those guys down. So hats off to him for making that kind of jump in progression. Your thoughts there, mm. fellas? Tassie, that's some strong results for Tassie, those four. Well, it's not quite the calibre of, like, the Vic champs or the South Australian champs or mm, true. The, the, the Queensland champs, I'm guessing, as well, will go pretty quick. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's great by Bailey. He's taken down some names. And who knows, it's championship racing. Times don't matter, really could have gone out first through 3k in 10 minutes we don't we don't know that um probably not but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh but yeah bailey good like i mean state champ big dog coached by collis yeah so the uh women's race as well ebony webb won that in 1740 jemima lennon was second in 1825 and anna smee was third in 1843. Croaks, take me to the indoor champs. Not the indoor champs, just some indoor racing. Cat Bissett was in action. Yeah, so both um, Cat Bissett and Linden Hall have headed overseas recently for some indoor races. So in Birmingham, uh, Cat Bissett set a new Australian 800-metre indoor record of 159.46. And uh, Linden finished third in the 1,500 metres, running 407.36. So... Um, pretty solid running given, given, you know, it's the start of the season for these girls, like off the back of the Olympics, they would have had a bit of downtime and they're, they're slowly rebuilding. So not a, not a bad place to be starting from. Mm. Did you see the British record went down in that too, didn't it? 157? Yeah, 157, yeah. Yeah. So the British... I mean, that's an Australian record. It's a big deal, really. Like... We, um, yeah, one fifty nine four. Remember two yeah, years like, ago. Remember when we donated to Cat Beast its um GoFundMe page so she could go overseas to try and break two. Remember yeah, that? but and now she just does it easy indoors. I feel like we're talking about records, like Australian records, dropping every weekend at the moment. Well, what about the British ones? So they had a yeah. eight hundred meter record the week before. Mark Scott ran a five k record. Didn't he run like thirteen oh three or something on the track? Something mm. like that at Boston Indoors. And then they had... Bouchard, um, 7, yeah, 739. Yeah, he ran a really good 3K. And then they had Alish um, McCoglin running 66.24 yeah. or something like the second fastest behind Paula Radcliffe for a half marathon. 222 marathon as well on the weekend. 222, yeah. Um, yeah. Steph Pasecki, yeah. Yeah, so like that's... Jess. Jess, Jess. is it? Jess. So there was another UK Olympian 
Steph, wasn't it? Steph's out. Hey, Brady, Mark Scott actually ran 12.57. 12.57, yeah. Yeah, we better yeah. get that right, yeah. yeah. But so, like, it goes back to that listener question last week as well, doesn't it? Like, there's a strain records getting, or there's records getting broken over every other distance. Yep. Just not the marathon. Just not the marathon, yet. Mm. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's insane. Because since we've been doing this show, I was thinking about it, Eight men's and women's has been broken. Fifteen men's and women's has been broken. Three K men's and women's has been broken. Haven't got five K from Mottram yet, but Benitez has been broken. Haven't got Benitez ten K yet, but the ten K has gone down a few times for the men since we started. Halves are still. Uh, sorry, Brett Robinson got the half, but the marathons haven't been touched. The miles as well. Yeah, so you're kind of talking about like must be ninety percent of the athletes' records have been broken in the last four years. Yeah, yeah. Sports in, sports in a good place. Like, there's just so much, so much more depth than what I remember. Which I think depth. Um, although we're talking about like the top end people breaking records, like that happens as a result of depth. So, um, which is you know the best it's ever been. Mm. Uh, do you want to go to the Rack Half Marathon yet? See Jacob Kiplimo went through in thirteen twenty three for the first five k, twenty six fifty six for the first ten k. Um, and he set a world's best for 15K before fading a bit. I think he still ran the fifth fastest half marathon ever when he ran 57-16, which is pretty cool. Uh, In the women's race, do you want to have a go at pronouncing that name, Bradley? Because I'll absolutely murder that. I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try. I'll go Germawit as the first name. Uh, Gebra Zahir. Yep, she won the women's race um, <laughs> by eight seconds over Helen Abiri. And it was, I'm not sure why this article doesn't have the times. So it was 64 something, wasn't it? Let me get that while you guys talk about the next bit of news there. You want to go to Tokyo announcements? I'll find that time. Well, yeah, they're the two real big dogs of the marathoning world right now Elliot Kipchoge and Bridget Kosguy, the uh, world record holder in the marathon, um, both world record holders, headlined the 2022. Tokyo Marathon field. There are two other 202 guys and Shura Katata, who has beaten Kipchoge in London. Sarah Hall's in for the Americans. No Australians, but looks like Sinead and Eloise Wellings are running Nagoya. Uh, and then paced by Izzy Bat Doyle and potentially, who else was there for the Charlotte? Pace? Charlotte? Charlotte Perdue. Well, she's not Australian. And um, Susan Crummins, I reckon, as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the, um, they got their passes to Japan by the looks of it. Hopefully we can watch. I remember um, that used to always be on, like, Fox, uh, the Tokyo Marathon. So hopefully we can get a stream of that somewhere. Good to see World Marathon. I mean, Kipchoge getting away from um, the London Berlin because he just did that for so many years, didn't he? Mm. Getting away. They must have been. They must have opened their purse strings over there to get Get yeah. yeah, and that's obviously why he kept doing them fast courses, well, well, good money. Well, I don't think I don't think there's any shortage of money when it comes to marathon running in Japan. Remember a few years back where a million dollars if you broke the national record. Mm. <laughs> like, True. They would have thrown yeah. a bit at him. Those are half marathon results, boys. Sixty-four fourteen and sixty-four twenty-two. So fast, real fast. Mm. Yep. Real fast there. Yeah, it's good to see Kip show you there. I did um I did hear this a bit actually a couple of months ago. I told you guys early on, remember? I said it's gonna come out in Feb, but just act surprised when it happens. Kip Chogi's running Tokyo. 
get excited about it at the time, but it's news for you now. I think that was December I told you guys that. The O'Keefe Challenge is coming up on Sunday the 1st of May. How would you match up against my race record in the half marathon from 2019? Or what about Moose's marathon time when he won the race in 2017? There's only one way to find out. Enter either the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon or the marathon at theokeefe.com.au. Anyway, uh, Jakob Croaks, take me to your man, Inga Brisbane. Yeah, my new, um, my new teammate, Jakob. Uh, he's <laughs> For those that don't know, he's the youngest man in history to break four minutes for the mile and he's the second youngest Olympic 1500 metre champion in history. Uh, he broke another world record, this time the 1500 metre indoor. Uh, he ran 330.6 uh, at a meet in France. Uh, this is his first race of 2022, and it's also his first race uh, without his father standing on the sidelines as coach. Um, so he won by, well, he closed in 55.52 for the final 400 metres, won by over three seconds from Samuel, Samuel Tafira of Ethiopia, um, yeah, who was the former world record holder. Mm, pretty amazing. He just makes it, I watched it yesterday actually, he just makes it look so smooth. Yeah. Never strains. Technique is always just, and he's just strong through the hips. And when he accelerates, it doesn't look like it's much of an acceleration. Like you know those real explosive yeah. guys, like Cole Hocker. Like you look at him, and when he kicks, it mm. goes from like zero to a hundred in no time. Whereas it's real subtle with um with Jakub. Yeah, and it's arms and legs. It's not until you look at the guys that he are dropping, their arms and legs are everywhere, and they're all over the shop. And he's just still smooth out in front. Mm, yeah. Ask yeah. Ask your coach Christian if he's got any um, technique work for you coming up because I reckon they do a lot of that. I reckon you need to start yeah. set up I a mirror. Set reckon, up a, I haven't seen him do any. I know, of that. Neither have I, but they're all smooth. Set a mirror up reckon, in front of your treadmill croaks. I reckon their hills. They get a lot of benefit from those those short hills. I reckon, just in terms of mechanics and power and that sort of thing. So that'll be me in a few few months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go oh, listen yeah. to question? Yeah, we'll whip through. We've got about 10 minutes till we need Welshie, and we've still got um, a few segments to get through. So, or do you want to skip listen to question? Yeah, all right. We let's can skip. go to... Yeah, let's go to Train Talk, Croaks. Talk us about Train Talk. Yeah, all right. So we've got a, um, a Training Talk segment partner this week. Uh, so this Training Talk segment is sponsored by Blackroll. Uh, go to www.blackroll.com.au to check out their new fascia massage gun and sleep recovery range. So, um, yeah, the training talk this week, I'm going to talk about a progression run. So there's so many variations here. Um, I think the most common ones probably, you know, you start off jogging and you just slowly increase the pace. But I want to talk more about the one that you do as a session after you've done a warm up. So firstly, the benefits of this one. Uh, I think people, well, people that benefit from this a lot are ones that go out too hard in sessions. Uh, and also go too hard at the start of races. So the good thing about a progression run is it teaches patience, pacing, and also makes you disciplined because if you don't start off slow, you've pretty much stuffed the session right from the start. Um, so that's uh, one benefit of it. Another one I find is if your motivation's quite low, um, I'm sure you've all experienced it, boys, where you're just like, oh, I know this session's going to hurt. I'm really not up for it. Where the good thing about a progression run is – I personally think the first half to two thirds of the session should feel quite enjoyable. 
and relaxed. And so you can actually work your way into it. And then you know, often once you start a session, the motivation actually increases from there. Um, it also sort of replicates a race feel to a point in that, you know, perceived effort when you're, when you're doing a race generally gets harder and then you've got to practice running fast on tired legs. So there, there are a couple of benefits. Now, how I go about, um, I guess, working out what pace I start at and finish at is I often work backwards. So if I'm doing like a 30-minute progression run in, say, five-minute increments, I try and work out, all right, where do I want to – like how fast do I want to be running in the last five-minute segment? And for me, it, it's somewhere around generally like 10K pace or slightly slower. And so then I normally – um, I normally get faster by about five seconds a K or five seconds a K in each five minute segment. So then I work backwards. So I'll be like, all right, it means I'm going to start at three thirties, which is significantly slower than marathon pace, which, um, yeah, feels, feels super comfortable. So, but there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, you know, you can do it. So I will say that, uh, one of the benefits, so you probably want to be doing this on a flatter surface. It's pretty hard over undulations. Um, it's also hard in summer because perceived effort and heart rate just goes through the roof the longer you're out there. Um, what do you boys think? I think it's an underrated session, to be honest. Mm, and it's a good confidence booster. Like, if you do it mm. properly, you finish on that high, you know, instead of being cooked three-quarters of the way through a workout. I also think sometimes I've fallen into the trap with progression runs is trying, even if it doesn't feel easy at the start, I've got fixated on this is the pace i'm going to go for the first 3k and then i'm going to change gears and change gears and if it doesn't feel easy what you should do is go okay i'm not going to worry about the pace today i just want to ease things back so i know i've still got two levels to progress to yeah that's so a like, good point yeah Brady. so sometimes like in the past i've said you know i'm going to do 3k at 330 3k at 320 3k at 310s and I've often used progression runs, like you said, when you're kind of not feeling great after work, I just want to get something done. And then you know, like 2K into that first 3K, you're like, oh, this actually feels pretty tough today. But mm. instead, you're a bit of a sucker to the watch and you keep pushing through. And then you end up pulling out a session 5K in instead yeah. of like actually going to next levels. So, um, yeah. And, I, and I, think if you, I think if you're new to it as well, you don't want to get too aggressive with how fast you get because like I've given this to people who – haven't been running that long and haven't had don't have the strength behind them, and what we would think is just you know moderate moderate paced running actually takes more out of them than a more aerobic like a strong stronger runner. So somebody who's really like aerobically strong, they can obviously run at a higher pace or like closer to their max for longer. So if you're quite inexperienced, I would say start really conservative and don't expect to, you know, get down to 10K pace. Mm. So, yeah. Especially the first time you do it, like go mm. on the conservative side of things. Yeah. You do yeah. these much moves? I'm not sure if you ever talk about progression runs. You do the yo-yo I, a bit, like over, under. I like progression, yeah. It's good when you don't really have a idea on your fitness so you can't prescribe paces and mm. you, 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 can, you can use it to feel as well. So if you're not feeling great, then there's no pressure to run faster. Um, so I, I like them, but uh, yeah, I don't use them that often. Use a kind of like do a run for the barn type run mm. that is a progression run, but maybe less structured and, and more fast finish than progression. Um, but it's all the same really, isn't it? It's sort of like you can use them as a B grade type workout where they're not that stressful. They're kind of fill in a spot almost like yeah. fill in a bit of a hole where you don't want to hard work out but you also don't want to jog 
I don't know about you boys, but I also reckon it's it's not a bad thing to do pre-marathon build because you can get a fair bit of moderate pace running in. So you're not burying yourself, but you're out there for a decent period. You can be out there for a decent period of time. And so it's sort of training the brain a little bit. It's putting some volume into the legs, which probably the majority of it at that, at that time of your, your build is slower than marathon pace before you then get into the, the more yeah. marathon specific stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Sometimes I do a, like, like a mid long during the week. If you're doing two workouts, a Tuesday and a Saturday, this can fit in on a Thursday. One of these runs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. But just, just be cautious. Like, you know, I don't do these much in summer, because, especially if I want to try and have it structured where I do get faster because, you know, like you just heart rate just goes through the roof, perceived effort goes through the roof. And so in winter, the paces that would be normally be quite moderate are now are now becoming quite hard and you can't really progress it that well. So yeah. heart rate monitor is good as well, Croaks. You know, hey, I'm not going over 140 for the first 10 minutes. Yeah, well, that's the other over, option. Yeah, not going yeah. over, over 150 for the next 10 minutes, whatever. Yep. And you yep. might actually realise, I said this to someone the other day, the pace might actually be pretty similar. You're just getting more tired and your heart mm. rate's getting pretty higher. But you're yep. progressing your heart rate. You're not progressing the pace. So just a couple other like times I've used this would be I've done like a three by three k or a three by four k where I've gone like first and often it's a lap of something so a lap of Yerby or a lap of the AIS three k loop and it might be like ten seconds a k slow the marathon pace for the first rep marathon pace for the second and like that first six k feels super easy and then I'll go somewhere between five and ten seconds a k then faster for the last lap again um, and then actually once I did a run with Brett Cartwright and it was like we started off we did like maybe 2k real easy and then we went like every k we descended so it was like four minutes 355 350 345 340 335 330 325 320 all the way down to like 310 and so you end up with like 12k worth of running and and the overall average pace is not super quick but it does get you strong having to just try and get a little bit faster a little bit faster each kilometer so there's so many there's so many variations but i think the key is start conservative and learn patience and discipline for this session mm. good stuff croaks i like that good session and tell us about the sponsor again before we move on thanks to this week's sponsor blackroll for sponsoring this edition of training talk visit www.blackroll.com.au to check out the new fashion massage gun and sleep recovery range with code inside 20 you can save 20 percent 20 percent off wonder what the sleep recovery range is what do you mean like yeah what, what product is. it is yeah what would it be during its tights maybe what are those like um those compression things don't know but this is uh this is going to get people to black roll like us later when we go for a bit of a browse on our phones 20 percent. oh i'm just on it now different pillowcases and stuff anyway sorry we've got to move on uh, <laughs> pillowcases yeah different like recovery pillowcases and stuff sleep products a recovery blanket yeah. Yeah, that's on there. Ultralight recovery blanket. Yeah. Jeez. Interesting. You'll be purchasing this stuff coming I'm, up. I'm this. <laughs> I am all over this. Tell this me about your segment though, Moose. Moose on the loose, purchase of the week, rules of Strava. What do you got? Well, I kind of I kind of batted away at Josh before. Like that's a that's a real that's a real uh, trigger of mine. Someone someone just doing too much and you can and ignoring their coach that's like what's the point in having someone guide you if you're going to ignore them so i feel bad for you Klaus. even though you're too soft i feel bad for you um 
I don't. I, I think the dog thing will keep people going for a while because they they're like they're probably a couple of episodes behind. So we'll let them get through that first. Uh, I had a pretty good week, so I'm not too upset about anything. All right, that's good. Shall yeah. we go to our guest, fellas, Richard Welsh, the race director on. down at the Hobart Run the Bridge? I'm just uh, adding him into the conversation at the moment. Always been a good supporter of the Inside Run and podcast. Well, she is, does a good job with his events down there. And this field is super elite. Yeah, I sent it through to you guys today. I've also put it down at the bottom of the website. Oh, here it is. Here hey, it mate. Is. Yeah. How you going? Awesome. How are you? Jeez, look at the high quality microphone you got there. It's a new toy from today. Special edition for just for you boys. Just for us. Give us an update. What's going on down in Tasmania? Thanks for joining the show again. Mate, it's uh, it's race week. It's fun times ahead. We are hoping to put on another cracker event this weekend at uh, Think Big Run the Bridge. New sponsors' names, awesome elite fields, uh, plenty happening in the NFT world, and great to be with you to tell you all about it. Do you want to go women's or men's race first, mate? Do the women start? They're getting the handicap. They're getting the head start. Still doing that this year. Yes, indeed. It's uh, our our nice little difference that we have across many other events. So for first time listeners to it all, we give the elite women a head start and we've got a nice field. I'm still trying to recruit a couple more locals to pat it out a bit, but at the pointy end, that's about as sharp as it gets. Uh, the We've got four Olympians lining up, three of them went to Tokyo last year. Uh, we'll kick it off with my girl Millie Clark from the top, 2019 race winner. She her last 10k race, she ran a PB at Bernie, got down to 33:02, and then of course won the Melbourne Marathon and is fiddle and she was that day. And she told me she desperately wants to break 33 minutes and and be a 32 girl. So um, Clarkie coming down from Launceston, pretty keen for the race. Um, the one with the quickest PB in the field, Sinead Diver. Um, hasn't won this race before, but has, of course, run 31-25 at the World Champs in Doha back in 2019 and um, had a, a massive year last year, 10th at the Olympics. Um, and keen to get a win on the streets of Hobart. She's won the, the Lonnie 10 before and wants to uh, wants to go pretty well here as she looks to, I believe she's going to do the 10,000 at the World Champs. So this could be her distance this year boys do you know if she's fit well she because uh saw her name down for melbourne half and didn't race that and then zatapak was a late scratching there as well no i I don't know her current training status so i'm not sure uh where she's at but you know i've never known her to line up in a race if she's not fit so chances are she pulled out of those because something wasn't right but if she's going to come down and um her coach nick knows most of the field so he wouldn't be putting her out there <laughs> if she wasn't ready to go you wouldn't think yeah so expect some good things for Sinead because her marathon's coming up in a few weeks I think so she'd be fit yeah Surely. look, she, yeah she's obviously looking for a fast hit out and a, a lumpy course which um this this course does favor the marathoners usually but then saying that Jen Gregson set a course record last year on it so it favors the right athlete on the right day I think um We've also got Izzy Bat Doyle coming, uh, fresh off a pretty good run, over 5,000 the other week in Adelaide, PB 31.43. Beaten on the roads at the Bernie 10 by a fellow Adelaide athlete. Um, so looking to probably make amends 
for that and um, hasn't run run the bridge before. But we'll see how her 5,000-metre strength goes as she, she runs up over Rosny Hill and up over the Tasman Bridge. Um, and then we got the other Olympian in the field with a PB of 31.39, the two-time current standing 10,000-metre champion of Australia, Rose Davies. Mm, this is like a strong field. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's and we watched Izzy, um, you know, beat Rose over the 5K a couple of weeks ago, and but then Rose got her at Zatapak. But then Izzy's debut on the road over the half marathon at Melbourne as well shows that she's got the strength there. Who I know you'll say Millie because you manage her, but uh, who's just pick for second outside of Millie? <laughs> no, look, I'm I'm realistic. You know, a lot of these girls are faster than Millie, and um, look, I haven't finished. So that's just the Olympians. We've also got Charlotte Purdue, who hasn't mm-hmm. um, done too much in Australia this summer. And uh, yeah, what did she run last year? And was in London two twenty four or even two twenty three? Like super quick marathons has run thirty two oh three. For a for a ten k and has run this race a couple of times before, so she's had a bit of a bit more of a look at it than others. Um, Marnie Ponton is going pretty well as well, thirty two fifty one her PB um, and ran the course record at the Cabri Marathon last year. Um, and Carly Thackeray, uh, the other Pom, thirty three fifty nine her PB. She'll be a little bit out of it, but. Look, I think in that field, if Sinead's ready to pump out a marathon um, and she's run this course a few times before, I think she's going to be the one to beat. Mm-hmm. Croaks, mm-hmm. who you got in the women's field? Moose, get ready. I'm asking you after that. Uh, I'm going to go easy about Doyle. I think uh, she's in good form off the back of a 5K, and I think she showed um, in Melbourne that she's got the strength and runs well on the roads. So I'll go easy. Moose? Yeah, I'm going easy too. Uh, just... She's like she got beaten as Adepec, sure, but I think this is a very different to a track race. And um, have we seen Rose on the roads before? No, uh, she's done Noosa. Five K. She ran thirty. She ran thirty-two oh something at Launceston in twenty twenty as well. Mm. Okay, yeah, I'm still with Izzy. I think this suits her. The hills, yeah. But if Rose is there, with you know five hundred to go, Charlotte will be interesting though because. She has run, I think it was, I mean, was it 2.22 even? Oh, no, 2.23. I think it was, like, it was very fast. It was super impressive and and um, turned a lot of heads. So she's she's good. Sinead, off the top of your head, third last year, well, she, in that sprint with, like, wasn't Ali second, Jen first? But this time was pretty good from Sinead as well. Yeah, it was. It was. It was deep too, because mm. then we had uh, Sakafian and Millie. I think that's right. Yeah, was, and Tringo for or Stenson yep. was there too. So, and look, wasn't she used... under like like she was under the course record as well last year? Didn't all three of them beat it? Yeah, you're right. I think off the top of my head, she was thirty two forty one. Mm. So, um, third fastest ever on the course. course. I say. Than... Yeah, it's hard yeah. to go past Sinead then as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, she knows it well. So, um, yeah, look, it, it'll be good. We, we nearly had Waitman in there as well, and um, she couldn't make it in the end, but she was she was pretty keen to be signed up for it. So if we had her in there too, it would have been even more enticing with the, uh, with the Australian marathoners and absolutely flying at the moment. And all um, playing a little bit of cat and mouse, see who does what at uh, Com Games and World Champs. So it, it's an exciting year, and I, I like to think this is the first of the races on the roads post-Satapec to uh, to show us their form. Mm, yeah, you're yeah. right about that. Uh, men's race, mate. There's a few Olympians in this one as well. 
Yeah, it's chopped and changed a little bit. Um, had a couple of late changes, and as always happens to us event organisers, athletes will have things come up. And but we've still assembled a really good field. The two-time winner and the guy I'd probably start the favourite. He's the quickest in the field. Um, Brett Robinson is going to be tough one to beat. He won it in twenty. 19 set a course record ran 28:30 and then won it again a year later uh, running 28:32. Um, didn't run Zatapix though. I'm not sure why not, but um, yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. That that's a fair excuse really these <laughs> days, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Um, Liam Adams, four-time winner of the race. Um, he's really owned the streets of of Tasmania in recent years. He's won pretty much every race that we've got going on. Um, 28-11 man, obviously a number one marathoner at the Olympics last year in the blokes. Um, so very difficult for him to um, not be there, at least at the top of the bridge. And, and just after that is kind of when the races open up. Um, Joel Tobin White's coming down. Have you guys seen him race recently? No, it's a new name to me. Oh, actually, he's out of peck, didn't he? he come third. I <laughs> know, oh, 5K, he come third. No, he comes there as that effect. And no, fourth. Just didn't catch Liam. Yeah, we know Joel well. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, obviously, I know him. I just didn't know if he was, you know, he, in shape or... He, um, yeah, he came fourth. He nearly caught Liam to come third at Zadipek. And didn't he come third in this last year? He went with Jack and Liam, wasn't it, last year? They broke away? Pretty sure. Jeez, you good. You good. The women's race was so hot last year, I think I, fought, I stopped watching the men's ones. So, um that's kind of what can happen with this with his head start. Um, the others in there, Andy Buchanan, the late starter, two-time national cross-country champion. Good on the hills too, Andy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tim Vincent, after third at Melbourne half, I think he was just gone. Yeah, that's right. Me yep, 62 yep. minutes. And had a yep. bit of a shocker for him at Zatapak, so he'll be keen to bounce back. Mm. Um, Rogues is coming, Michael Roger. Um Fresh off a pretty good run in Adelaide over 5,000 the other week. Uh, Andre Waring, who was also okay at, uh, at Zatapak, keen to come down and see what he can do over the same distance on the streets. And one to watch, boys, locally. Um, he sort of upset a lot of people on Friday night in Hobart at the Tasmanian Track and Field Championships. Is Bailey Mazeki Hintz. He's trained by Collis Birmingham. And outshone Nick Earl and Sam Clifford in the Tasmanian 5,000 metres and ran a massive PB and beat the boys by length of the straight, ran 14-18, um, which is just, the quickest. Just finished talking about him, actually. We just pulled up half an hour ago. Yeah, big yeah. one. Yeah, massive. So uh, I'll be interested to see how he goes against the big boys um, over over twice the distance on Sunday. So... Yeah, that, that field's changed a bit in the last couple of days. Unfortunately, a couple of boys got injured and um, bigger names. I won't I won't say who's not coming, so we can focus on who is coming. Um, we've also got Riley Cox and Jacob Cox as well, the boys coming over from Adelaide. So some nice solid depth there with, with Robbo and Liam probably the outstanding ones at the front of the pace. Mm. It's, um, yeah, both those Cox boys had good 5Ks, but it's hard to go past Brett Robinson, I think. Williams, Brett and, Brett and Liam for first and second for me, boys. Anyone else got any other predictions there? No, I think you're right there. I think Liam will Liam will make Brett's life difficult, but I think Brett will get him over the end. You boys forgetting about David McNeil here? 
No, I think he's a late scratching his new way. Yeah. He's still on this sorry. list, though. Yeah. Is yeah, that... sorry. Like I said, the uh, the fields change pretty quickly. So uh, okay. good yeah. good to have a chat about these things, unfortunately. Hope McNeil's okay. Um, and so the girls will get a 3 minute and 53 second head start. Um on the bridge so they'll start at 706 in the morning and uh seven seconds and then the boys will go 353 after that so if you're watching the live stream i think you're going to share it to your yep. page otherwise you that. can pick it up on the the run the bridge page and we'll have a camera on both we'll have a, a motorbike on the on the blokes and a car on the girls and uh three thousand dollars for the first male and female across the line and we bumped it up this year so it'll be a bonus three thousand dollars for the first person across the line so Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm happy to be corrected because I'm used to it, but uh, $6,000 for the first person across the line, does that make it the richest 10K in the nation? Have to. Ooh. I don't know. Right. I don't you know. would know. You <laughs> would know. You're asking three guys who have never won a 10K on the roads anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? I'm, so. I'm calling it. Look, and, and in addition, got a bit of a scoop for you if you're interested. In okay. addition to the six grand to the first across the line, we're going to be the first ever fun run in the world to give away an NFT to all finishers. So it stands for non-fungible token, the people who are smarter than me call it. And it could be, and it might not be, but it could be valuable one day. So the every finisher will get one, but the very first one, we're going to enter into a commercial arrangement with the winner and see if we can um, put it up on a... Uh, on a on a crypto bitcoin nft marketplace or whatever the people tell me it is and the to give you a perception i'm told that the nba last year did 700 million dollars in nft memorabilia and the first ever nft piece of artwork sold last year for 69 million us so i'm not suggesting those yeah. figures for uh, the, the big run the bridge yeah. winner but uh there's a lot of people that do fun runs around the world and, and endurance sports, cycling and triathlon and Ironmans. And so this will be the first ever given to a finisher of one of those and the first ever that the winner of the first one ever will have an opportunity to um, make money and sell it off to someone. So it, How do you get it? You win the race and then you get sent. Does, so, is it an email or do you give them a USB or something? How's it work? So everyone <laughs> we're will too get old, it. Moose. We're too old, Moose. We're real into this stuff, aren't you, Crokes? Bitcoin and all that kind I've of stuff. I've got no, I- I got no yeah, idea. Whatever you just said, Welsh, I've got no idea what you're talking I can't about. Even, I can't even charge my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair question. So as soon as you went to the, uh, finish the event, we got live results all feed in and we partnered with a company called Active Place. So if you've got an Active Place account, they're kind of like a social media network and a marketplace for the sports space. Um, you'll get a notification with it straight away. If not, you'll get a, a text message and you'll also get an email. So you can click here to claim your uh, your NFT straight away. And it looks really cool. We've announced it on our website and socials. It's a fighter jet flies under the Tasman Bridge and goes up into the sky and it comes out and it's, a, it's in an MP4 format. And then you go to a landing page or website and you claim it. And it, it sits on the blockchain. It can never be repeated. It can't be stolen. It can't be lost. And... Um, it's pretty unique. I don't fully understand it, but the people tell me it's the next big thing and where they're going to be the first big thing to do it. I like it. Innovative, something new. Thanks again, Welshie, for your time. Uh, what time's it kick off? Sunday morning. 7 o'clock, did you say? 
Yeah, Australian Eastern Daylight saving time. Seven oh six for the women, seven ten for the men, and we got the five k starting at ten to eight as well. Perfect. We'll share that uh, live stream. It's always good, good, good uh, quality down there. So looking forward to watching that Sunday morning before the long run, and that will get us inspired to go out and do a jog ourselves. I reckon. Absolutely, legends, boys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Welshie. Thanks Cheers, again for your time. See ya. Cheers. Good luck. All right, fellas. That's the end of our show. What's coming up in your life, Julian Spence? Anything? Training. Uh, training. Big week. Back to the rat. Oh, what's coming up? This. Oh, I've probably got something on that's important. Um, oh, I'm going to get this Kaiser. This Kaiser. Um, you heard of Kaiser? Like they're uh, they yes. sponsored Gradition Road this year. They sponsored one of the teams that are uh, that Steiger hashtag one. They as well. did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So got an appointment there. Sort of see how I can do an assessment on my strength and everything, and and then um, maybe get a program to get stronger again. Yeah. yeah, that's when you started losing it when you stopped going to the gym. I've called that, that from day. I've called that from day one. Yeah, that was it, was it? When you stopped mm. going to Radford in Ballarat, you started living down Anglesey. It's all gone downhill from you since then. It was when I got Ali as a coach, actually. That's when I went mm. downhill. Yeah, that yeah. was the real nail in the coffin. Yeah, that's right. Craig, what are you doing? Uh, track tomorrow night. Um, a few more days of work, and then I think I'm going to do. Uh, guys, I've got a few, few guys training for Canberra Marathon at the moment, so they've got a long run slash session on Saturday. So I might join them for the long run section of that. Beautiful. Sounds good. All right, fellas. You? What about you, mate? Uh, What's going on with you? Nah, I'm going to work Wednesday and Friday, writing programs, doing some. Oh, actually, I'm doing an interview Wednesday night, fellas. One of them, I'm so nervous about this interview as well because I'd probably say this person is probably one of the top three most influential people on Australian distance running of all time. Mona. We've we've had Mona on heaps. I get nervous with Mona as well, but it's not Mona. New to the show, never had him on before. Um, One of of the most requested people we get asked to have on. Um, He's been in charge as head coach of one of our Olympics for our Olympic team. And he's also coached one of our greatest marathoners of all time and is also an Olympian himself. Mm. Wardlaw. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris Wardlaw, Wednesday night, 7.30. So I want to do it with me. Do you want to come and do it as well, two of us? I reckon you've, not, I reckon you've got yourself sorted my heart is yeah, actually pumping. You. My heart is pumping like higher now just talking about it. I'm going to be so nervous. You'll be right, mate. Just breathe. Yeah, I know. He actually just... knew who I was when I emailed him too. He's like, yeah, I've heard about podcasts. Good work. Never listened to an episode, but Mona told me it's good. I'm like, okay, thanks. So do you want to do it? He's like, yeah. So yeah, that's going to be Wednesday night, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be on next week's show. Patreon on Thursday morning, though. That's about good it, Miles. Yeah, just... I'm, I'm looking forward to listening yeah. to this. Send me some questions as well, boys. Send me some Don't questions. Don't fuck it up. Don't I'm not going to... Hopefully not. I haven't done an interview for a while, so hopefully... Make sure I'm... you practice pronouncing his name, okay? Because that's Chris not Wardle. one of your... Not they your strong points. Call him Rab, don't they? Yeah. Why do they call yeah. him Rab? That could be your first question. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I'll write that down right now. Question one. Nah, so I'm doing that, and then um, oh nah, not much. Just laying low. All right, boys, we're done. See you next uh-huh. week. See ya. See ya. See ya. The O'Keefe Challenge is a point-to-point event held between Bendigo and Heathcote, located in central Victoria. Moose has run it, I've run it, and Croaks wishes he's run it. Follow the historic O'Keefe Rail Trail as it weaves its way through bushland, open fields, farms, and past Lake Epilock. There's a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a marathon on offer on Sunday, the 1st of May. 
Enter now at theokeefe.com.au. Hello, good evening. Uh, my name is Luke Matthews and welcome to episode seven of The Long and the Short of It um, as part of the Inside Running podcast. Um, I am joined, you know what, I think Louis had it a bit tough, so I'm gr- I'm joined by my good mate, Louis McAfee. How's it going? Jeez, that's big, my good mate. <laughs> what it's do you want, one Luke? of us thinks that way. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll be asking. Ah, ah. I'm doing well. My girlfriend's just got back from America, so I am all right. Wait, I didn't even know you had a girlfriend. Who's your girlfriend? I know, right? <laughs> I shouldn't, <laughs> but I do. Wait, what was she doing over there? She is from there, so she works on a cruise company that um, bases itself out of America. So she goes back every month. Um, she actually hasn't oh. gone back because cruises haven't been Wait, going. But yeah. sorry, um, I do know your girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. Amber, you've met her before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just completely had a blank there. Yeah, yeah, I've met her before. Querying me, why? Why doesn't he remember me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you timed your um COVID quarantine well then. Yes. Yeah. Um, we just moved into a new place as well, so I'm uh, very fresh. Where are you? Are you in Brizzy still? Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, you, I don't know. I feel like the Maccabees have about 45 houses across Queensland. <laughs> no, I'm paying for this one, full price. <laughs> and I'll let you know about it every day. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Um, and feeling a little bit better from all the all the COVID stuff. I know that you're probably, what, like, you're probably, like, what, what 10 days out now? Yeah, I did a session yesterday, so I'm all good. Okay. Um, all right, well, then maybe we won't get into that too much. Yep. Um, no, oh, wait, no. Because we'll, that's... Nah, we'll let that one go to next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll play it through the keeper. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm joined by my uh, my second guest. I'm oh, sorry, third third <laughs> host. Um, introducing second in line, Jessica Trengove Stenson. Hello. Sorry, I always chime in before the intro. Yes, <laughs> I am <Good>. here. <laughs> um, yeah, I I know that I I can't remember if I said this online. Oh, sorry, on air or off air. Um, I just always consider you Jess Trengo, even though um, yeah. not your last name now. So, sorry, Dill. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay. Um, yeah, actually, I forgot to tell you. I, uh, I, I'm chatting to your brother on Friday, Jess, which I'm yeah. Really ah, that'll be. You, you guys will have a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's uh, he because he's like in like he trades equities. Uh, so he's essentially like asset management. Um, which is probably something that I haven't really considered too much, but it's obviously still a pretty cool space. But um, yeah. I just think it's amazing that he's at a pretty well-respected company, Lanyon Equities, and he's um, set up his own fund, and you have to be an athlete to get into it. So Yeah, no, he loves it. He um, He's a hard worker and, uh, yeah, he's really enjoying his work. You guys will have a lot to talk about on that front and then obviously he he's had some pretty nasty lower limb injuries as well he can talk sport it'll be good yeah i'm looking forward to it um yeah he's a and, and he, he's newly married too so maybe i need some maybe i need some advice. <laughs> when are you getting married 
Well, we're originally going to have it, I think we're going to have it in October, um, but I think we're going to push everything back 12 months because uh, we're actually meant to have an engagement, but we pushed it back. We pushed that, we delayed that. So just because of all this outbreak with COVID and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, what I'll do is I'll win a world champs medal, get a big fat bonus, and then hopefully I can pay for it because if not, it'll have <laughs> leverage. <laughs> and you'd probably be making one-tenth of what Jess's brother made as a footy player, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, and that's my whole career against his one year. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so we kind of spoke off air about this and kind of throughout the week. Um, Louis, obviously coming off COVID, so has been easing back into training. Jess obviously got the injury, uh, got the news about her injury and is cross-training and I've pretty much been injured for two years. So instead of um, – well, we're not going to necessarily just avoid it together, um, but maybe what we'll do is we'll kind of skim over our uh, training for the week, just kind of say key things. Um, and then uh, what we did was we actually spoke to Brady, Moose, and Croaks, and we got a few listener questions. Uh, so we'll probably try to get through three or four, I think it is. Um, and then – yeah, then we'll get into our into our weekly segment. So, uh, Louis, do you want to maybe kick off the kick off your training week with I don't know, maybe like a key session or yeah, I don't know if there's anything that COVID has taught you or something about training that's not necessarily getting into the Monday to Sunday, but just something that's yeah, for listeners. I well, well, to summarize, I um, when was it? So I came off um isolation on the Tuesday and I was just running on the treadmill and I thought I'm not going to push this because it felt like my lungs were just like like I had been smashing a vape for three days straight like I I just could not get a breath in um and that was like probably throughout the day so I just thought like there's no point in um in doing a session and then I just wanted to run like half an hour just to feel good about my life. Like I always think that um, if you can run, then you should. And I think like, yeah, for me starting the day, obviously I, I need to do like half an hour. So I just did that until Sunday and um, no time pressures or anything on Sunday. I just went out and tried to do a run um like an out and back run and just see how far I could go out. So I think that for me that works. And I think like, I don't know, I'm not an expert on COVID and I'm not an expert on respiratory diseases, but there's no point in pushing something that's not there. So uh, I didn't push anything until Sunday and then felt pretty good on Sunday. So I did 70 minutes um, and like, yeah, so um, yeah, I, 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 I that's that... the main part of my training week. There's nothing really to report. I didn't do any sessions. I just, yeah, ran easy for as as um, little or as long as I thought was necessary and then um, had a little bit of a go on Sunday. I feel like you're a really smart trainer, Louis. You haven't had many injuries in your history in the past. I, yeah, and I, <laughs> I think um, – I had some injuries when I was younger and learned a lot about them. Like mm. I'm 
yeah, not very, <laughs> not very intelligent book-wise, but I know my body very well. So I just think um, like I had a lot of bone stress injuries when I was younger, so I'd, I'd try and stick um, to like feeling everything out rather than yeah. pace, and so that works for me. I, um, I just like two things which I took out of that is one – um, cause I know that you said that you like wanted to almost like start the day with a bit of a win and just kind of like get out. Um, and I've, and, and I actually really agree with that. But w- another thing as well is I feel like when I'm really unmotivated to go out for a run, I do out and back runs because like, say if I need to do an hour, I'll go out in yeah. half an hour. Cause I know that there's no way that I can short it coming back. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I remember at my, at my, when I lived with, at my parents, um, I used literally just would do 7k out, 7k back. And I'd be like at the end of the 7k and I'd be like far out. It's a long way back home, <laughs> but like, there's no other way. It's like literally a straight line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you, you know, if you're going out 7k, well, <laughs> like I can do this as slow as I want back, but I'm still going to have to go back. Yeah. And I think the other thing as well is you kind of touched on it. It's like, you're just like, you're not pushing yourself. You're kind of just getting out. I often think that – and I know that I've definitely fallen – like I've definitely fallen for this mistake in the past is that people, I think, mistake being tired or being fatigued or being – just being – feeling shit um, with being unfit. Like mm. I remember yeah. 2016 and parts of 2017 and pretty much this parts of all year where I'd, I'd – I'd do a run at say, let's say four twenties and I'd do a run at four twenties back in say January and four twenties just felt easy. And then I'd do a four twenties run like a month or two later and it'd be like stressful. And I, and because I wanted to like convince myself that I was as fit as I was back then, I'd run at four twenty pace, but then I'd be absolutely cooked afterwards. Yeah. I should have just ran at 4.45s or, you know, 4.30s or something like that. And it would have and, just – And it, not read into it. <laughs> just accept yeah, yeah. it for what it was. I yeah. used to do that all the time. And then um, I think, it, yeah, last year when I was doing that marathon prep, like I just realised <laughs> that, A, I was feeling shit every day. So, like, <laughs> there's no point in, in getting hung up on, like, if I'm fit or not because I know I'm doing the case. But also, like, I'm just um, like I've I've had so many races where randomly one day you'll feel shit and like that's just that's the sport that we're in like it it's not it's not like a footy where you once you get like a kick nailed you can do that every day like and yeah. and it will feel the same like running just doesn't feel the same every day so there's no point in stressing if you. Yeah, if you're not feeling it, because you know there, you can still do it. But there are so many variables that play into it, um, and that's if if it's still the case with Stewie that he doesn't wear a watch. I think that's <laughs> one of his great assets, just being able to run to feel every day um, because he's not looking at the data. Um, we have so many reasons why we do want to track, you know, pace and k's and everything though. But um, I do love that concept of just getting out there with with no watch and running. Yeah, but yeah. you also got to think as well is like we've had some great uh, – if I if I just look at just Australia, we've had some great runners, you know, up until let's say – let's call it 2010. And not, not to say that 
anyone past 2010 hasn't been good. But let's say 2010, like up until 2010, we've had awesome runners through the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. And none of them would have ever used a GPS watch. Mm. A lot yeah. of them would have been – a lot of it would have just been based on feel, doing the same loops. Like I remember I remember speaking to Mona. Um, his, his thing was that he used to do a 10-mile run every Wednesday or something like that. Um, and he'd just do that, and that's what it was. Apparently, they measured it in, like, 2015, and it was actually, like, 15K. So it was like <laughs> – it didn't mean anything. Like, what's a K gonna? What's a K gonna change in the scheme of 160 Ks? Well, that's what Bauman do. Like, the uh, is Schumacher still a coach there? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think so, so. They do those Badger miles. Which, yeah. Um, Jerry, they're called Jerry miles for them, but Badger miles yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah. So seven minute miles. Yeah. Every month, like you do like a 56 minute run. That's eight miles, but you might cover like 15, 16 K. Yeah. You and- just don't know. I think they don't include any miles in their weekly kilometer oh, in their weekly mileage that are slower than seven. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't agree with that. The way that I was thinking, it, like if you no, no, no but the badger but, miles were explained to me as like seven minute mile pace. So, yeah. which is like what you would? It's four twenty or something like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, no, but I don't think I don't think Bauman are necessarily told like, oh, do a hundred miles, and they end up getting hundred and twenty. I think like in the end, they like do what they do, but they just consider their weekly kilometers like retrospectively and just count it based on that seven minute mile. I'm pretty sure I, I'm I'm pretty sure Matt Hughes told me that. I feel like I might have maybe gone from the truth there, but anyway, yeah. We're all just spitballing here. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Uh, what, what to next? Are you yeah, I'll go. memorizing your, your training, Luke? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I I um, I um, didn't do a whole heap. I, to be honest with you, like, I, I did get on the cross trainer a few times. Um, But, yeah, like, I just feel like ever since I've kind of had this mindset that, Ever since I've had this mindset that I'm getting surgery, like I've, yeah, my motivation has been pretty, pretty low. Um, not not necessarily low, just more like the sense of like, is there going to be any purpose out of actually getting sessions done or getting training done, considering that I'm not even going to be able to do any cross training for like two to three weeks or anything. Um, yeah. And I'm talking like one week until surgery, so yes. Yeah. And at the, and at the same time, like I've um. I remember I remember speaking to Andy Bouchard about this, and I remember saying it because he he did, he really uh, hurt his foot. He's he, I'm pretty sure he like his bone. Yeah, got, something happened. But anyway, like whatever. He 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 fucked up his foot really badly, and I was like, oh, you're just gonna be like a madman on the on the cross train or the bike. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm not because I'm um going to. He's like, I don't want to get too fit because I don't want my heart and lungs to be further ahead than what my body is. And he told me this, he did this at the start of, I think it was the end of 20, or maybe it was the, I think it was the start of 2018. He told me that. And I was like, holy shit, that makes so much sense. Like Mm. you see, and, and and I think like, if you got a, if you got a short injury, which is, you know, maybe you get a stress fracture, which you can be back in, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it like stress fracture. You can probably get back in like a couple months. Or um, if you've got something where it's a, a minor injury and you, and you can still come back. But if you have a really, really long injury, say hypothetically like a, a ruptured Achilles or or potentially what I'm getting, where it's going to be a long way coming back, 
Um, if your heart and lungs are further ahead than what your body is, you're going to train harder, faster. You're going to want to do more, but you mm. won't be able to handle it. I think it even applies to shorter-term injuries. Like certainly if you've got, you know, a period of four weeks off and you're smashing it in cross-training and then you go out and run and your musculoskeletal system isn't um, ready for the, you know, the the cardiovascular fitness that you've got you're setting yourself up to potentially get injured again so no i think that's very true like i always think with those injuries uh, maybe not the achilles because it like it's more of a failure but your body's telling you to rest like Mm. maybe take a rest (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah yeah rest isn't a bad thing um but yeah that's um I don't know. I, I, so what did I do here? I did a session on the Monday, which was six by six minutes with two minutes recovery. Um, I did a couple of hour ellipticals where I just got on there and just spanned the legs over. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty low key week. Um, I don't know. I, I've obviously started a, a new internship last week and that, that was pretty taxing. Like first session was, I mean, first day was like, 12 or 13 hours door-to-door. Today was even 12 hours door-to-door. Um, so it's pretty taxing, but um, it's all right. I'll probably get better with my timing once – I feel like once I get my surgery, once I kind of have everything going back together again, I'll be back in a more organised manner and routine. But for now, it's just whatever. Um, I – actually, yeah, I'll touch on this later. Um, but, yeah, I, actually, I'll mention something later. But, yeah, maybe um, JT, do you want to – Well, um, my little win for the week was that I did three strength and conditioning sessions. So that's something that I'm really trying to um, prioritise at the moment, just to um, work on a few imbalances, um, develop my um, sort of lumbo-pelvic control. So where your spine and your pelvis meet, I think that's an area that you know, was weakened through pregnancy and childbirth. And I kind of, in my first year, got away with it a bit. And I was probably working on it a little bit more in the early days after giving birth. And I've been prioritising my running training in recent times over the strength and conditioning. And I, I do feel like I've just got room for improvement there. So I've been working on that. And Session-wise, I did a few ellipticals, a few bike sessions, a few pull sessions. If I pull out one here Wednesday, I jumped on the elliptical for 20 minutes just to do a warm-up and then hopped onto the stationary bike and did a fartlek, so four sets of four by 60-second, 30-second recovery, 30-second. I've been enjoying that one on the bike, actually, just one-minute and 30-second efforts. Even on the bike, 15-second efforts are good Um yeah, I'm sort of finding ways to, to get my heart rate up more on the bike. Um, Is that like a stationary bike or an assault bike? Yeah, that one was stationary. I jumped on the assault the other day, though, and, um, yeah, definitely.